chapter 1, verse 26 to 27 and 31. Here is the word of God speaking to us. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw all that he had made, and he was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Second scripture reading for today comes from 1 John verse, chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the anointing sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected enough in us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, this is Pastor Akiko, and I am here in Roko Island from the manse. Well, this week, one of our child, middle child, Noah, has started going to a new kindergarten, and he has very short hours at school as he transitioned to a new school, so I did not have a chance to go to KUC and record my sermon. But here I am uh, sharing a message with you from Roko Island. So before we start, why don't we pray together? Dear God, your word is a lamp to our feet and light to our path. May the words of my mouth and meditations of all our hearts together be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, your rock and redeemer. Amen. So as some of you might know, though some might not, just like many Japanese people, I grew up in non-religious home. In my teenage years, I started struggling with a sense of worth, my sense of self-worth. I got depressed often, and I didn't understand exactly why. Back then, I didn't like myself. I was not confident in myself. I felt like I needed to pretend to be happy. I was afraid, always afraid to show and share my true self. And I thought that my friends couldn't handle, my family also couldn't handle the real me because the real me was really fragile and broken, full of darkness and so very sad. So I pretended, I pretended 
pretending as I were happy all the time, while inside I was not. I was crying out. It was so exhausting. And I started skipping school a lot because pretending was so much work. And I just couldn't bring myself to go to school some days. And I didn't know why I felt so depressed, but deep down within myself, I knew what I was looking for. I was looking for a love that embraced all that I was. I just wanted to hear someone say to me, you are loved just the way you are. And I wanted that, but I was trying to find that in all the wrong places and all the wrong people. For almost all my life, I was a very good student and not because I am especially smart, but because I worked really hard. I wanted to hear that good job from my family, especially my mom and dad. And words of affirmation were what I was looking for, a recognition of my worth and of the value of my existence. I thought that this kind of affirmation would lead to me finally receiving the love I was looking for. I wanted to be good enough and I wanted to be loved. But that didn't happen. And not because my parents weren't loving or anything like that. They were good, kind-hearted people. But they weren't God. And again, I was looking for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong people. And this never-ending search for love led me to feel more and more empty inside. The story we have today is really well-known one, the creation story. God creates the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. God creates light, sky, seas, plants, fruit trees, seas, stars, and every living creatures. And this isn't just any type of creation. The verb used here in Genesis 1, which means to create, bara, is actually a word that only applies to God as a subject. So it means only God can do this type of creation. No one else, nothing else. It means that only God can create life like this. And then we get to this point that we read today, the climax of God's creation story. God makes us humankind. And unlike when God made the heavens and the earth, we weren't made from formless void and darkness. In verses 26 and 27, we get some repetition, which how we know something is really important. And what the writer of Genesis is emphasizing is this. God made humankind in God's image. Last week, Pastor Chuck talked with us a little bit about the image of God. He said um, to him, God is like a black God grandmother. For some people, their image of God is an actual person. In recent weeks, I led a few devotions based on this passage at staff meetings, in our midweek worship, and WOW Women's on Wednesday group. In each case, I asked people, 
What image of God do you feel that you bear as someone created by God in God's image? And I received many different answers, such as God is merciful, God is control, God is grace, God is love, God is a redeemer, a savior, a provider, the forgiver, teacher, doctor, and prophet, the lover of my soul. God does not leave me alone. God is a presence. And as Christians, we are blessed to have the whole scripture available to us where we can dive in and grab hold of all these different images of God portrayed in these ways. All of these can be found in the scriptures and all are true of God and who God is. But even if we didn't have any other books besides Genesis 1 available to us, we could still learn something profound about God just from looking at Genesis 1. So Genesis 1 is all about God, who is a special creator, unique, able to bring forth new life from nothing, out of dark and formless void. God alone can create and can create something good. At the end of each day of creation, God looked upon everything God had made and called it good. All God's creations were good. And before any other aspect ourselves comes into play, we are first created by God as something good. In the eyes of God, we aren't built to consume or be consumed, not made to trade pieces of ourselves to gain reason for existence in life or to work at being good enough. We don't have to do anything to achieve that level of good and prove the worth. God made all of us good to begin with. And sometimes this relationship between us and God is described as something like a parent and child relationship. When babies are born, they can't really do anything, right? Parents, caregivers, siblings, other adults have to do everything for them. Feed them, change their diapers, put them to bed, help them burp, help them sit, help them bathe, help them walk, everything. But they are cute, lovable, and above all, good. Without being able to do anything else, babies are good. In fact, it's hard not to love them. And because we live in such a production-based, efficiency-oriented, and productivity-driven society, Sometimes we can easily start to see our relationship with God as transactional. The world tells us that we need to prove our productivity, efficiency, and effectiveness. And we started to look at our relationship with, with God in that lens. The other day, I saw a survey asking people how it was that they were able to remain productive during the COVID-19 pandemic. And more than 50% of people who responded said that they were not able to remain productive. And some people said they couldn't feel productive because they did not have enough time. Or others might have felt they're not productive because they had all this time to themselves and not knowing how to manage the time. 
and I'm certainly no exception uh, for both. I made meals three times a day, I did laundry multiple times a day, helped the children with their homework, and still try to do work for the church as well. And not being able to do as much as I wanted for the church honestly affected a little my sense of self-worth. And I felt I was not good enough. And this type of thinking can easily slip into our Christian life as well. It's easy to think we're God's good creations because we do X and Y and Z. We're good children of God because we pray. We're good children of God because we forgive. We're good children of God because we tithe. We're good children of God because we watch the online worship service and participate in Zoom meetings. Well, obviously, I am not discouraging you not to do all these things. In fact, I encourage you all. I invite you all. But the point is that we sometimes need to examine why we do these things. Why we do these things. When we look at this passage from Genesis, it is clear that none of this is what makes us good. Before we were able to do anything for ourselves or for our God, God called us good. And that is the message I heard when I first heard about our God who saves. I still remember my pastor told me that I was made in God's image and I was good. And I remember the tremendous relief I felt when I heard such good news. I finally found the first love that I was looking for. And I realized that I did not have to do anything to earn this true love. I did not need to prove my worth to God. I was good just as I was. And to me, that was profound. So profound that I decided to live my life as a beloved child of God. So if any of you feel that you're not good enough for God, that know that you are made good, good by our God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, and all that is in it. Such a majestic, omnipotent God created you personally, forming your inward parts, knitting you together in your mother's womb. You and we are fearfully and wonderfully made, just like Psalm 139 says, and you and we are good. But as we all know, of course, the good does not mean perfect. God said that we are good, but not that we are perfect. And this makes sense. After this chapter of Genesis, sin enters human life, and through that, humans became separated from their relationship with God. And if you're like me, if you hear that we are not actually perfect, you might be tempted to try to be perfect by doing more godly things, more prayers, more tithing, more serving, more, more sacrifice, doing more and more and more for God. But those doing more do not lead us to the perfect creation, creation of God. Doing does not lead us to perfection. God's love does. Let's look at the word from 1 John 4 today, which we also read today. 
It adds to what Genesis says about us humans. In Genesis, God created us to be good. And but as you see, that is just the beginning. We are not made by God to be perfect creatures. As we all experience in life, we hurt each other. We see humans hurt each other and other creations too. Our imperfections sometimes get institutionalized and systemized. Certain group of people get more hurt than others and brokenness is everywhere. Despite all that, we are beloved. Read 1 John 4 again and pay attention to how many words of love we hear and see in this passage. It is a lot. Here we are called beloved. The same thing God called Jesus when he was baptized. God called Jesus beloved, saying that God was well pleased with him. That same love is poured into us and lives in us, and that love can not only be pretty good for us, but in fact, it can be perfected, perfected in us, as the verse 12 says, if we love one another. And if you know the context of this passage, John, the writer of this book, his answer for the problem that the Jones community was having is a bit of surprise. This community was, this community was in conflict with a group of people who said Jesus was neither a human being or God. And that kind of belief obviously could be a threat to John's community, putting the very core belief as Christian into questions. And when we encounter a group of people that challenge something that we hold dear and true, it is very easy not to like them or not to love them, and then to act accordingly. I'm definitely guilty of that. However, Joel's answer to these people in this situation was surprised. John says that people ought to love one another, not because we have that kind of love inherent natured in ourselves, but because God is love. God loved us first and God loved us so much. That is why we can love such people. And it is even more humbling, at least to me, that John reminds us not to remember the sins of others, but John calls us to attention that God's son was sacrificed for our sins, verse 10 says. Not the sins of our enemies or the sins of people that we don't get along with. John says to look at our own sins. When I stop pointing fingers at the sins and failures of others, but simply look at others as God's good creation and look at my own sins, I experience God's deep, perfect love for me and others. Love grows bigger and gets close to its perfection. And I can't do this alone. I need God in me and besides me. We are made to be good. And this image of where good God lives in all humankind, no matter where they are from, what skin color they have, or what religious views that they might have, we are God's good creation.
But we know that the world we live is not perfect. We see oppression and violence done to people based on their skin color, ethnicity, religious views, abilities, performances, privileges, more. For all these reasons and more, people hear from others that they are not good or not good enough. We tell each other that others are not good and good enough. But here is the good news. Through baptism, we became born of God. From the beginning of our lives, we bear image of God in us. We also see in people the same image of God. Now we actually belong to that God who is love through baptism. Thus we became called the beloved, and in this way God's love can live in us, and as a result, we can love one another in perfect ways God desires for us. Friends, we belong to the God who is love. We have the ability to love one another in truth and to love not just our neighbors, but our enemies too, just as we love ourselves because we are God's good creation. We start from a place of good and grow from there into even more. We become beloved by God and through that we can love more fully and truly, not because of an obligation to be good, but because God's love has been poured into us before we even knew and loved God while we were still sinners. The world God created, which God so loved, becomes perfect just at the kingdom of heaven when we love one another with the love we are reborn into. So I will wrap it up by saying a prayer from today's reading in 1 John 4. Verse 12 says, If we love one another, God lives in us, and God's love is perfected in us. And that is indeed perfect news for us all. Amen.